Pamela Bates is a Boston-based painter. She's always had somewhat of a creative job, but decided in the past few years to take on painting full-time. Prior to art, she decided to open up her own design and marketing agency about 25 years ago. After about two decades, she felt it was time to move on, both for her health and for her mind. Pam is able to use her marketing background to engage with collectors over the web. Let's hear what she has to say to anybody looking to engage more thoroughly online. I am a soul-fueled abstract artist, and I uh, reside, live, work in Stratum, New Hampshire, which is on the seacoast of New Hampshire, about 50 minutes above Boston. My studio is a home-based studio, uh, which transitioned well from my home-based office, uh, from my business of 23 years previous to my starting art. Okay. What did you do before you started? What did I do? Art? Well, I had a business called Speakeasy and I focused on um, graphic design, marketing and advertising, planning and design and PR for small business people. And I had that business for 23 plus years. Wow. Yeah. A long time. What takeaways do you have now from your new perspective oh, as an artist? Takeaways, you know, really... Everything you learn along the way uh, through life, really, not even just business, you can apply to uh, business and what you're doing, every single thing. Uh, and every person that you work with has something uh, that you can gain from, that you can, that there's a takeaway uh, from. Uh, and to listen to your gut and your soul and if what you're doing on a daily basis is not bringing you joy anymore, you are the person in the driver's seat right. and you get to change that. In fact, it's, it's up to you to change it. And uh, really after 23 years, I had a lot of external stress factors, mm -hmm. uh, illnesses with loved ones, uh, my dad aging, uh, so many external factors, like a very stressful time in my life. And honestly, Ethan, working on a computer day in, day out, I was designing an illustrator every day, a program I love, but being attached to the keyboard and being attached to a mouse and to technology like that for that long, I was really, really burnt out. Mm -hmm. I was really burnt out. And, uh, I feel like I get burned out after about 23 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does zap your energy in a, in a deep way. <laughs> and you don't realize it until all of a sudden you feel this cumulative effect and you're crashing just in every way. You just don't have it in you anymore. Right. Um, it just wasn't bringing me any joy. So uh, now I wasn't even necessarily thinking about moving on from that business, but maybe just kind of reworking it a little bit or, or I'm not really sure that I was even really considering that, but I took a trip into Boston with my sister and we went to the Gardner Museum, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, which is famous for the uh, large art heist. And I know that there's been a special on uh, PBS and there's a series on Netflix. I went to the Gardner Museum and it changed my life. And 
that's coming from somebody who's been creative. I've, I've been a creative my entire life for as long as I can remember. I have created with every medium just happens to be that I did, uh, you know, graph digital graphic design uh, for those 23 years, but I've created with just about everything. But I went to the Gardner and it's an amazing, amazing museum. And we were the first ones, we were two of the first people there that day. And I stepped into the Spanish grotto off of the courtyard. And if you've ever seen pictures of the Gardner, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I would suggest Googling it because it's really an incredible place. I stepped into the Spanish grotto and came face to face with John Singer Sargent's uh, masterpiece, El Jaleo, which is uh, a huge wall size painting. And it's of a Spanish dancer, a Spanish flamenco dancer in a cantina with the musicians behind her and the other dancers. And it's just, it's really an amazing piece. And it took my breath away. It kicked me back across the room. It, well, especially the, the guard came in and said, I don't even have the lights on. When he put the lights on, then it was even more of a rush of energy. The lights that, right above the painting? It lights right above the painting uh -huh. and the entire room. Yeah, insane. And it just knocked me back across the room. And, and I just knew at that moment, like something this was a bigger moment than just, you know, a moment in a museum. And I just knew, I just knew I had to go home and pick up a paintbrush and try painting in a way that I hadn't tried it before. You know, I'd done like crafty painting and I had taken, I think, intro to drawing in college, uh, but I had never really painted with uh, watercolors, acrylics or oils. And I just picked up some basic watercolors and I had really lousy paper uh, but I just started I just started and it was really a very short time uh, of you know putting paintbrush to paper that I knew that I wanted to explore it more and I wanted to focus my business on fine art but I was going to have to start from the ground up because it was totally different than the business that I had done for 23 years so now I'm recreating my business and my life one painting at a time. Oh, and that's beautiful. really, yeah, that's really how I've done all of it. One step at a time. Yeah. Reading your bio, I, I thought that was really intriguing. Um, I was curious what you did beforehand um, before you decided to, it, I'm curious, is that photo of you in front of the painting? Is that like the first day that you were there? Is that, have you gone I think back? it was this. I think it was the second time. Okay. I think it was the second time I was in front of that painting. How many I think times the have first you gone? Time, I was just so overwhelmed right. with the energy that I, I, you know, I just was just in that moment. You know, I just was in that moment. Have you gone a, a, you know, like five times? You know, or? I've gone a few times. Uh, I haven't during the pandemic. I, I'm I'm ready to like break out with a mask and get in there because I need a fix of that museum and that energy. Mm -hmm. It really is a transformational place. I'm sure I am not the only person who has been transformed uh, going into that uh, museum. It's a special museum. That's incredible. So you were an artist before in some regards, but you never painted before? I never. I design? painted with, yeah, I really, I painted with stencils. I did, you know, this is probably... 40 years ago now, you know, right when I was first married, I, I did a lot of like 
stenciling of furniture and that kind of painting and and doodling and nothing like nothing at the scale that I'm working on now. Nothing like it, you know, very mm-hmm. rudimentary. Um, nothing that really focused on what I needed to express, which is really how I'm focused now is abstract expressionism is, is expressive painting. Was there anything competing again before you went to the museum? What did you have in mind that your was going to be your next move? Or were you still considering continuing the really design business? Yeah, I really don't think I had anything specific in in mind. I just knew I was burnt out. And mm-hmm. we really have to honor those feelings. Right. It's not just, yeah. oh, hey, I'm burned out. You need to really investigate when we're having these feelings. Mm-hmm. What is it telling you? Right. Likely that something has to change. Uh, something has to be changed because life is not meant to be lived in that kind of state. It's very detrimental to your health, which I can also attest to. It is very detrimental to your health to not listen to those cues from your gut and from the universe that things are not as they should be, that mm-hmm. it's time for change. You yeah, know, it takes that a certain it, amount of uh, being in touch with yourself to even be aware that how you're feeling is off from yeah. the way you, sh- you ought to be feeling. Yeah, it does. It really does. And I think that my, I guess my, uh, my tuning fork or my tuning dial has, you know, gotten much better in the last um, probably three or four years uh, after my dad passed. Um, with all of that cumulative stress of all of the things that were going on with loved ones, and I'm, I'm a helper. Right. So I was doing a lot of helping and putting, um, you know, people that I loved, but putting them first and not caring for myself, not taking care of myself and really just kind of treading water and getting through and not managing the stress of it all, because it was a very, very stressful time. Mm -hmm. And those times are going to happen in your life. Uh, But I was diagnosed uh, probably a year after my dad passed with psoriatic arthritis uh, mm-hmm. which is an autoimmune disease and yep. yeah, and can be uh, quite, quite painful. Right. And that led to a whole nother kind of awakening, awakening beyond art, but uh, a self-care awakening and really changing my entire lifestyle to heal. So, but art's part of that. Art was definitely the beginning of um, healing uh, just uh, in a really different way, in a really different way. I was going to ask if, if uh, you know, what role art has played in your actual physical health, because most people that are on, on average, I would say most people that own their own business, you know, they can get a little bit more stressed out with the business, but it sounds like Absolutely. it's kind of doing the opposite for you. Well, the art health. side of it, for right. sure, but there's yeah. always the business side. and You have to be realistic about that. Uh, I just did a post today just about, you know, uh, people reaching out to me like, how did you get so many followers on Instagram? And I feel like some of these things are like, you know, people are um, have this idea that there's this magic fairy dust that gets sprinkled, whether it's we're talking about specifically growing an art career or a part of it, like social media. And I think that it's a disservice to artists and how hard we actually work uh, if we don't address these myths, because 
every artist that I know who is a working artist and making a living at it is, you know, really working very hard at their dream. Is it their dream? Yes. Is it amazing to be an artist? Absolutely. But it's still a business to run. You're not doing art the whole time, Ethan. I mean, it's just like any business. There's other things to take care of. And if you're a solopreneur like myself, you're just like I was before. I was wearing many, many hats, many hats. How much do you think that your success now has, has been, uh, it kind of seems obvious, but I'm just curious to what degree you think your success now as an artist has been uh, because you have you know, two over two decades as an entrepreneur prior to it. Oh, well, it certainly helps because you learn, <laughs> you learn uh, a lot of things as an entrepreneur and especially as a creative entrepreneur. Uh, this is really important because a lot of people get into the creative arts because they want to be creating what they want to create, except to make money at it. When you're doing something like graphic design, you are designing for somebody else. And you, while you may be the creative, you also have to listen to their wants and needs. And sometimes their wants and their desires do not line up with what you would suggest creatively or even from a business standpoint. But in the end, that's just the way it is. And you have to kind of grow a thick skin to those things. Um, and really just, uh, you just learn so much. Uh, one thing I can say is I, I really do appreciate the fact that as an entrepreneur, and this is something we may not always have when we're in a traditional job, is when you make mistakes, because mistakes are going to be made or things aren't going to happen exactly the way you would like them to happen with a, a client, a customer, now a collector, uh, you know, whether let's say something got lost in the mail on the way to a collector, you get to rectify those situations in a way that you see fit that is aligned with uh, your value system and how you want to show up in the world. So those those are important lessons that you can take uh, with you from, you know, really any kind of business into something creative if you're deciding to build a creative business. How many years? You said it's about been about four years that you've been full-time as an artist? Yeah, well, I would say... <laughs> Kind of, I would say kind of, because the first couple of years, you know, it was really as my dad uh, was aging and encountering multiple health problems. And, uh, you know, a lot of people my age, I'm 55, you get into this uh, area, if you're, if you're lucky enough and your parents are still alive, where they are aging and things are complicated by many health issues. Mm -hmm. Uh and I was his health liaison. So I was the person who was taking him to multiple appointments, dealing with doctors, all of that. Um, yeah. So it's actually what my mother does for a living. She's, does she, uh, God she, bless her. Yeah. She was an RN for a long time in the OR operating room. Yeah. And, um, and then after that, she, her grandma was, you know, getting old and had dementia and mm -hmm. just didn't really like how, you know, how much medications the doctors were prescribing, yeah. and what type of living situation and whether or not the nurses at this, you know, memory assisted were living, taking care of her doing well. Correct. Yeah. Taking showers. She'd come in, there'd be like signs that they hadn't shown up in 
you know, they haven't done the right things. Yeah. So it's like little telltale signs. She's like, uh-uh. So, um, so whenever, you know, she got to that point in her career where she's like, yeah, I think I'm done staying on my feet for 12 hours a day, being hungry in the OR. I'm yeah. going to switch over. So she got into it and started off as a part-time job, but she works more than full-time now. And it's pretty cool though. I know that a lot I of people- I think we have, all, you know, it's too bad that in our system, it's not built in that we all have uh, a health advocate because when you're the person that is in distress, in decline, facing a disease or a, some type of health challenge, whether, you know, be physical, mental, um, whatever it is, even an accident, uh, it is very hard to manage all of that for yourself because you're the person confronted with all of that. And to process all that information is a lot. So I'm glad that she's doing that. It's a um, lot. We need, yeah. we, it is a lot though, but it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's it can be a very stressful thing, and the art definitely helped with that. But it did really, um, I don't want to say prevent, because because honestly, it's the honor of my lifetime to be able to assist my parents. So that is just a given, and I, I have no problem with that. But it didn't allow me to, uh, you know, kind of grow my business at the rate that I would have been, should I have been really focused on it, you know for the for a 40 hour plus week right because right. i did not have that time i did not have that time so the first couple of years were really quite slow and spotty i will say with uh you know i did my best and i i i still took one step at a time it just it was a slower process of right. of the steps because something more important was you know uh, had to be had to be dealt with. So I would always choose that time over anything else. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah. yeah, but it does change the trajectory of, you know, how you grow a business. Um, yeah, and I will say, you know, I've been married for, no, I'm not even sure, <laughs> a really long time, 33, 33 years. I don't know. I've been married since 1988. So it's a long time. Um, But to have somebody else in the house that has, you know, and I know that this has afforded me um, a different perspective. You know, I'm not a single person on my own building an art business. You know, I have somebody else that, you know, but that said, when you have two people with, with incomes, you also have the expenditures of two people. So Mm -hmm. it's really in all all how you look at it, but certainly emotionally, emotional support and um, um, always good to have somebody that has a, a, a paycheck that, you know, is um, coming in, but it doesn't, it doesn't always make it easier. <laughs> right. Yeah, it doesn't always make it easier. So whenever you started off, uh, let's say full-time uh, yeah. working you know, 30, 40 hours a week, what were your first goals in terms of earning some revenue? What were your strategies to kind of get your name out there to begin with? Honestly, I, I did a mind map. I did like a circular wheel of a mind map and with myself at the center. And this is a tool that anybody could use. And I think it is a a really good one uh, that helps us kind of map out where our revenue, if we are seriously considering being an artist, uh, it is very rare that you will find an artist that does not any business for that matter, get their revenue from multiple streams. 
So I started with myself at the center, Pamela Bates, as an artist, and where would I get my income from? Well, let's say number one, paintings. Um, Number two, could I do reproductions? Yeah, I could do reproductions. I haven't gone that route yet, but it's still on the wheel. Um, Let's see, what else? Could I, uh, how do I? Classes, yeah, classes, coaching. So I split these all up around the wheel and uh, and then added and subtracted as uh, need be and direction required. But I think that that kind of bullseye wheel approach of, you know, what is your center thing? What are you building your business off of? How can you make business off of what you're creating in different ways? Uh, what is your knowledge base? You know, that was important to me as a coach and uh, teaching. Uh, What was my knowledge base? Although my teaching really has been a lot about mindset and uh, letting go in the studio. Because I think that's hugely important. And I think it's something that's missing with a lot of artists. They want to control the process. And I think that we get to our magic when we actually let go. Uh, I consider myself to kind of be a conduit for the creative energy of the universe. And I'm always looking to get out of the way, to just step out of the way. So, uh, you know, teaching wise, that's really what I focus on. But uh, coaching wise, the mindset stuff and the business experience that I had. But everybody has different experience from different businesses that they've been in that not everybody has. And you can share it in different ways. So finding those different revenue streams uh, have has been important, but I do still make the majority of uh, my income from the paint painting sales, right? Uh, usually, right on Instagram. So then oh, wow. you break down that wheel, right? You break down those things, and how do you promote each of those things? Do you promote them in the same way? Do you promote them through the same avenues? Do you promote them, um, you know, can you promote them uh, with advertising? Certainly you can always do that. But Instagram is a free tool that we all have available to us as well as Facebook. And I think at this point, uh, you know, a lot of people are on TikTok. That's another route that you can go. Pinterest, which is not really social media, but really a search engine. There's all different ways to get your name out there. And again, I just kind of do like a little bullseye of like, you know, where can I start? Almost like an echo, right? The picture of an echo echoing out. Mm -hmm. You know, where does it start and how can it get bigger and bigger? Um, Have you tried selling on any of the big online art galleries like um, I really haven't. I really haven't because after (laughs) after my 23 years of working with small business people, I I I wanted to at least try while having control over my creative stuff and that sales process, Uh, but certainly. I'm considering Saatchi. Uh, a couple of my friends are on there and it's not, and they're amazing artists. And I wouldn't say 
that it's a huge money maker for them. But what it is, Ethan, is exposure. Right. Um, and I would say that for a lot of the things I've done, because then I broke it down even further to what can I do offline? Because I can't just focus myself and grow in at the rate that I want to grow or even just grow period as an artist and a business. If I don't look at that person to person um, component of things and I did art markets, I, I did several pop-ups with West Elm. Oh, really? uh, they were looking for artists. And I don't know if you have West Elm where you are, but it's a, it's a national store. It's a home decor store. I used to have a couch from them and it was the most uncomfortable thing in the world, but it looked cool. Oh, that sucks. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, super supportive for artists though. So we'll give them the kudos <laughs> yeah, exactly. on that, but they might need to work on the couch. Yeah, comfort. Yeah. yeah. Make it a little more curved. Not so, I'm uh, not a box. Oh, not so rigid, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but incredibly supportive like doing shout outs to people on their feed oh, that's uh, awesome yeah we're looking for artists to do pop-up pop-ups in the store and this was early um as as i was starting as an artist uh my dad was even still alive at this point so this is probably five years ago uh, that i did my first one and uh you know, also something else I did was I started an email list almost right away. And now my email list is not huge by any stretch of the imagination. And I think I have less than, I don't know, I, probably, I have less than 400 or I might be right around 400 people. But I just started an email list with my friends and my family. And I didn't use any service. Like we also have to not make, don't not do something because you're making it more complicated than it has to be. Stop making things complicated that don't right, happen. Just get started. Yeah. I just got started and mm -hmm. I just took all of the people in my uh, email contact and I sent them all an email letting them know that I was going to be at West Elm. And I did the same with, you know, people that I knew on Instagram. And I think I sent people a DM. Mm -hmm. And let them know that I was going to be at West Elm. And I had a couple people that I knew on Instagram, family, friends, and then people that were just shopping in West Elm. And then I gained more contacts that way. And I did sell some pieces. Uh, my subsequent pop-ups, well, one was during a blizzard. So that was a scratch. But again, I made really good contacts with a couple other people that were uh, popping up with me that also had their art and also just think you just don't know who is going to buy your art. You don't know who is going to see your art. You don't know why you are supposed to connect with another person. They might lead you to information that is important to you or lead you to a contact that is important to you. So everything is an exposure and a connection opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's one of the biggest things I've learned personally is, uh, whenever I put myself out there on, on any level, even just like mm. literally go out and just be friendly and speak to strangers, you always end up not, never, you never really regret it. And it usually no. kind of grows into something that you're like, Oh my gosh, I, I, I just can't believe that. I remember the thought right before I went and introduced myself to this person and just to right? see like where I'm at now, you're like, wow, that's, you know, there could be something spiritual to it or mechanical. Either way, it's the same basic yeah, I, uh, mechanism. I really do think like people come into your life for a reason, you know, 
um, even if it's just a really brief moment in time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but that willingness, I would also say like so many years of entrepreneurship, you know, you're going, I said it before, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things wrong. You have to be willing to do that. You have to be willing to take that risk. And you have to realize that it's going to happen to everybody. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, I don't know what language I can use on this podcast. Whatever you feel. I got a bit of a sailor mouth, but I'll try to reel it in. Everybody's going to make shit. When you're creating mm-hmm. art, you're going to make art that goes, I call it the, the shit pile. Like it's going right. on the shit pile. So once you accept that, that can be really freeing because making bad art means that you're making art, right? right? And making mix mistakes in business means that you are taking risks and trying to grow a business. So focus on the important stuff instead of the fact that maybe you didn't do something and have it turn out right. Right. Or you put out a collection and nobody bought it. Big Mm -hmm. deal. I mean, yes, if you need the money, but that's why I think it's important to focus on the art because creating a collection helps you grow as an artist. And whether somebody buys or not, it gets more eyes on right. your work and you don't know who is going to buy from you down the road that maybe didn't buy from that collection. I've had that happen. I had a market that I did in the next town. It Honestly, it's all about putting yourself out there, uh, not being uh, afraid to make mistakes. Right, a perfectionist, yeah. No, fail quickly, fail often. has killed more quality. careers and more joy in life than I find this in my coaching business. People have, there's a lot of people with perfectionism streaks and I, I think it's it's BS. There is no such thing. There literally is no such thing. We are human. It is human nature to make mistakes. And it is how we grow. It's how we learn about ourselves. It's how we learn about what we're doing. I just think, you know, throw the perfectionism right out the door because it is going to get in your way of succeeding. Right. If you allow perfectionism to rule your day, you are going to get nothing done. Yeah. If you say, you know, one, one out of every 10 paintings is, uh, you know, right. what someone would consider like, okay, that's, you know, one out of every 10 paintings that I make right. is close to perfect. So, okay, well don't be selective about you know which one out of 10 make 2000. And then you got yourself right. quite a few perfect paintings, like just the volume of time. Oh, and and how I much can't you learn stress. And that. Yeah. I can't stress that enough for growing as an artist. Be in the studio you have nonstop. to make art. People want to go, how do I get better? How do I get a style? How do I get a style? How do I yeah. find my style? You find your style by painting mm-hmm. every single day. Painting. Yeah, it takes painting, discipline to be creative. It does. Like it takes discipline to have, I would say I would tag that on to uh, what we were discussing before about the things that I've learned as an entrepreneur. It does take discipline. It does take discipline. You have to treat it like a business. It's not a game. Right. It's not like downtime. Oh, I have my own business now. I can do what I want, which you can, but you have to have discipline in getting the work done. Yeah. And even on the spiritual front, if, you know, a lot of people might think like, um, 
just like they might not even admit it to themselves, but thinking that they, for some reason, innately are like kind of chosen or destined to be great. It's like, Mm -hmm. if there's a greater power that's kind of deciding where that creative Mm -hmm. energy goes, it's probably going to reward the people that put in the most work. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. Well, here's the thing. Uh, With that creative energy of the universe, uh, it's going to show up for the people who are letting it know it's ready. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready Let's to go. receive. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready to receive. You you have to show the universe, source, God, however you look at it spiritually, uh, what you are wanting. I'm I'm very much a believer in manifestation. I've done it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But you know, it takes. Yeah. yeah it, it takes believing. Yep. Visualizing what you want. Uh, speaking it to the universe, speaking Mm -hmm. what you want, and then taking action is a part of it that people don't, they don't, uh, they want things to come easily. And I'm not saying it has to be hard, but you do have to uh, take active part in And and as you get out there, you start to warm up more. Co-creating with the universe, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And as you, as you get out there, you know, like it's just, I think it's just a part of human nature. It's like, you kind of see the big picture and it seems overwhelming and yeah. it seems like a lot of hard work, but if you go step by step, brush stroke by brush stroke, like it just, that's yeah, just all you got to do is just the next motion. Okay. It's done. Next motion. That is and then literally you know it, it. Boom. You've the done a billion next motions. Step. Yeah. It's the next step. You can have the bigger picture, Ethan, you know, have the bigger picture and then break down. And this is what that wheel is about, what that bullseye like uh, mind map is about or any kind of mind map. Mm-hmm. You have that main idea and then you break it down. Like, what's it going to take to get to that center point to the dream? Right. What's it going to take? And then you just take one. What is the next thing right. I need to do to make my dream come true? Yeah. What is the very next step I need to take? So one of my first jobs out of college was at a commercial real estate firm. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, really you know, interesting uh, experience culturally. You know, well, everybody there is pretty wealthy. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the CEO especially was grew up in, in Beverly Hills, uh, L.A. overall, you know, back in the 80s and, and early 90s. And, yeah. you know, he just had like this more spiritual side of him, but he also loved money. And it was interesting. But um, that can, by the way, 100% that can coexist. Yeah. Money is not bad. You know, money's energy. It's, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's societal glucose. It's just uh, ATP. It helps move things forward if that's how you choose to spend it. But um, yeah, so he had basically the same thing. He he, he turned me on to is like a circle of circle that consisted of eight different circles like you know this big so you have like your career right and and then you have you know your finances and Mm -hmm. your love life and your family and so you have all these eight different topics and then i i mean still to this day like that's my spiritual practice is just writing them out over and over again and making a visualization chart like on powerpoint and i make all these little small and uh and it's pretty crazy because uh, i think it was last year i Did had you look print- at your first one i printed out this big one from like a year before so it was like on my wall for two years and then i looked over because yeah. i was moving and i was like wait a second i was like oh my gosh like about one quarter of these things are real like the car that's on here it's the same yep. color it's one size smaller but 
but that's fine because it's more efficient for me. And I was right. like, oh my gosh, I, I, I just found that picture because it was a nice car yeah. that I wanted, but it, and it was in front of these mountains that were definitely in, so in Colorado. And turns out I had moved to Colorado and bought the car and I never even thought about it as it happened. And you turn around and you're like, wow. And then there's another part about speaking Spanish and turn, I was packing up so I could go to Mexico to learn Spanish. It was just, it was crazy how That's everything crazy. fell. Yeah. Fell in alignment. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer that I don't know oh, if it's spiritual or mechanical. It could be whatever bottom line you put yourself out there. All, you go for energy. I think yeah. it's all energy. You're putting it out. You know, mm-hmm. you're putting out the energy that you want to come back to you. Yeah. You're putting it out. You're matching You're. it's like a magnet. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's addicting whenever you get, whenever you get started. Cause then whenever you get that, um, that, that feeling that, you know what, actually, I think if I just really focus on it and that's my single focus, it actually is, right. it's going to give it the best shot of becoming real. And then, and then you start to see some few, a few things work out and you're like, okay, this is like, it's almost like a game. Like life oh, is yeah. in a beautiful way. It's like, I can get what I want. Sure. I don't, and I don't want to be a king or, or the president or whatever. I just want to be successful. I want to be able to pay my bills through entrepreneurship right. and meet cool people. Like, okay, let's, what's the first step? But you I'm can even that? want more. Like this is another paradigm or another myth. I think like we can want more money to do the things that bring joy to us because that is what life is about is finding right. those moments of joy. And right. if somebody likes travel and right. they want to make enough money to travel around the world, uh, that's their prerogative. That's mm-hmm. great. It's a choice uh, multiplier money. Oh, oh, it is. And it mm-hmm. affords, this is the thing. It affords you so much, you know, it affords you so much time-wise right. and, and not to um, take it gloomy, but you know, and I was speaking with my mother about this yesterday. It's like, whenever you get older, like it's, it costs about 15 grand a day, I mean, a month just yeah. to like have, you know, and that's expensive. Ex- that's a lot of money expensive. just to stay alive. Yeah, how about just paying for things like uh, your car, your uh, your mortgage, right. your um, travel to see loved ones if you're not mm-hmm. in the same city, right. uh, insurance, house yep. insurance, car insurance, right? What a dog. That's like 200 bucks yeah. a month, you know, yeah. like things, Vets kids, education, the car for them, yeah. the, the school, the everything it's right. Yeah, it, it takes uh and it takes, yeah, it takes money and that requires you know dedication to you know, a single goal and figuring it out one step at a time. Right. So, um, I'm curious, have you ever considered um, something other than just selling the art? Like, have you ever considered financing it or um, have you ever considered renting out art to people like locally that you can deliver it to or they can pick it up? Yeah, I've actually had a discussion with um, this artist I know uh, in Massachusetts and they have uh, a program where they work, uh, you know, they're kind of a nonprofit uh, community art group, uh, but they made some connections in Boston uh, to, you know, have art displayed uh, within different buildings um, in Boston. And uh, right now my art is being exhibited at the um, U.S. Passport Center in Newington, which is uh, right up the road from me. Um, so three of my pieces are there uh, for- Are they paying exhibit. you to, to have it on the walls? They actually are not. It has, it's actually an exhibit that one of the employees put together, which is amazing in itself. So no, it is not. Uh, and I did have uh, an exhibit 
uh, at uh, another place in Portsmouth at a co-working place. And they did not pay to have my art there, but we had a reception and everything. And I've sold, I sold art through that exhibit. So, okay. um, but no, I have not leased my art or uh, put it out there for rent to say staging companies or anything like that. No. Yeah. So that's, that's the idea I, that got me started. I'm always open to hearing anything. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. another lesson for business, for a business takeaway. Um, be open to the things that are presented to you and just be open to them. That's all. Just be open. Mm-hmm. Right. Whenever, so whenever I was in Austin, Texas, um, I just graduated college. I moved into this new apartment. It looked like an art studio. Yeah. And I didn't have any that art. I was too amazing. poor. And uh, I was like, you know, there has, I don't want to go to the Goodwill and go just buy some random stuff to put on the wall. Right. So surely there's a company out there that the artists are like, yeah, I'm down. Like, not every painting's for rent, but definitely these certain pieces, you know, I've designed them just to be for rent, kind of give you right. a taste of what I'm capable of. And I get to communicate more with, with more people locally that could potentially become collectors. Um, and some right. people might want to try before they buy. Some people just want to switch it out with the seasons because they really enjoy seeing new art on the wall and they'll yeah. just pay, you know, pay, you know, 50 bucks a month or whatever. So I thought, man, that's a really cool idea because I don't know anything about art and I would love to get into it. And it seems like it's just a high barrier to entry, like on a cultural level. And yeah. so something that's just kind of local, I could go pick it up, shake the artist's hand, talk to them a mm-hmm. little bit, put it on the wall. So I looked around and there was nothing, um, mm. nothing like that. And so it got me going because I wanted to get the pro, I wanted that product, you know? And right. uh, so I found a, found an artist Many that business is made that way. Yep. Yep. Netflix. Um, Fill your own need. Yeah. Yeah. I know Netflix is one. I, I had a few others in mind, but yeah, quite a few companies are out, out there that are like the CEOs like, yeah, you know, Blockbuster charged me late fees. And I said, screw that. So I started Netflix. And so right. I thought, you know, that'd be pretty cool. And I think, especially coming from commercial real estate at that point, I was like, that's what a lease is. You're renting out the place. And right. uh, so I was like, why is that not a thing? And uh, so sure enough, I reached out to an artist and said, hey, I really like this painting of yours. Um, could I come by, pick it up and I could give you 50 bucks for the month and put it on my wall. She said, yeah, absolutely. So I came by, picked it up, got to meet her, put it on the wall. And within a week I was like, okay, I think there's a business business there. So, yeah. Uh, so that's what really kickstarted this whole entire, um, idea. And, um, and that's why I'm doing the podcast as well. A, just to, to, like I said, cause I like to speak with artists and learn, you know, from the entrepreneurial side, but right. also just, you know, getting a bunch of artists um, opinions about different ways to earn money. Cause I think if you can get the bottom third of artists paid um, a little bit more to where they can go pretty much full-time or they don't need to really rely on that main time, that main job that they have right. full-time job, right. they can possibly, instead of having to do a job that gets you 60 grand a year that you don't really like, and, right. but you're, if you're earning 40 grand a year in art, like, okay, you can quit that job and go find something else or just go full time right. with art. So I think that'd be really cool to find a way to get the bottom third of artists paid a little more. And so, yeah, I think. Oh, I'd love to see that too. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting, it's, it's really a podcast to itself. I keep hitting this thing on my desk. Sorry about that. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a very interesting market where sometimes people's reputation precedes them and that's why their art becomes big uh, and they're made quite an incredible sum without having done the work. But then the majority of artists I think are out there and they're in the trenches and they're doing the work. And um, 
you know, certainly sometimes it's because you just make the right connection that things take off exponentially. Uh, But again, you have to be doing the work for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just don't think that that happens on a regular basis without doing the work. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think generally, I think because uh, art is creative in nature and people perceive it as coming easy to artists uh, that the value of it is sometimes reduced by that uh, outlook, right. let's say. And that's quite a shame yeah, because I think that art has great value. Uh, we, you know, great value in society. If you look back at when art started, uh, when society began. <laughs> yeah, People, no, that's, it's a telltale art. sign of humanity is uh, looking Absolutely. at art in caves. Oh, exactly, exactly. So there is, number one, inherent value in art. And there's inherent value in each of us as human beings. Uh, So I do think that there's just uh, value to art. And then I might have a painting that takes me layers and layers and layers that takes me an enormous amount of time and revisions and, you know, transformations until I get to where it needs to go, until it gets where it needs to go. And then other paintings flow, they just flow out super quickly. Um, But is the, you know, the value the same? I mean, when somebody's buying my art, they're not just, I have years of, you know, I've put years in. My art is not just about what I'm creating right now. It's like everything that I've lived. It's all of the experiences that I've lived. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the value. Uh, But I do think that because art can seem fun, oh, they're just making art. They're just having fun. They're just making art all day. Right. Well, number one, there's no working artist I know that's just making art all day. And even if they were, why should that reduce the value of what they're putting out into the world? Right, exactly. It's like, oh, basketball players are only, I don't even think basketball. Well, exactly. They're playing, let's say any sports, you know, they're just playing a game. Okay, well, yeah, they're just playing a game, but look at the joy that it's bringing to people. Right. Right. Or they wouldn't be followed. Fans wouldn't be so rabid. (laughs) Right. I'm a crazy hockey person. Um, Yeah, I'm a hockey nut. So who's your favorite team? uh, Bruins. Okay. I don't. I don't know much about hockey. I'm from oh Texas. no! Yeah. Oh, if no. if it was a little colder here, I think Texas would be the biggest hockey state. But it's just yeah. it's just not a thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love hockey. I love hockey. Gets my stress out watching. It gets my stress out. I I did watch a good bit whenever I was in Colorado, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But never having played it, I felt like a. a, a I don't uh, know. Imposter. Did you have, did you go to any live games? <laughs> no, I haven't gone. Yeah. Well, it was COVID time too, so well, yeah, exactly. Been just a little bit challenging, to say the least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it has so been. I'm curious. Um, a few more questions. Yeah. Um, don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, so I'm. We kind of already touched on it, but just to say it explicitly, like, what what would you say are the top? Yeah. You know, what's the best skill set? The top few skill sets that you think is most important in this line of work? Um. Uh, I would say consistency. You got to show up. 
Mm-hmm. It's 80% you know, whether it. it's, you know, you get up and you're at work at nine and you're there until five. Uh, if you are growing this as a business, you have to be consistent. Uh, being willing to make mistakes, take chances, take the risk. Throw perfectionism out the door. And also just be willing to be, I guess, humble enough to know that, I don't know if it's humble, but just knowing that to make a lot of great art, you are going to have to make a lot of lousy art along the way. I mean, you Mm. don't have to show everything you make. Right, right. And sometimes things that you make that you love at one point as you grow as an artist and as a business, it's not what you want to put out there now. Uh, it's just not representative of, of where you're at right now. Um, and stop making excuses. I got strength your own life. Get out of your own way. Like I can't. I have. I can't stand when people are like, "But I didn't have. I don't have the space." Like I had this one gal uh, that my friend uh, Marissa Huber, who runs Carve Out Time for Art, who'd be another interesting person for you to speak with absolutely heather and marissa from carve out time for art uh she was on live with this person who had reached out to her this uh, this um painter and she well i just don't have the space i have all of the supplies and they're in like a rolling cart but it's in my closet right and she had me go live with her to kind of like brainstorm how she could make the art um pull the cart out of the closet. Right. Figure it out. Like stop making things more difficult. Stop making excuses because if there is something that you really want, right. You will find a way. Stop blaming it on everybody else that you can't do things. If you value something and you want to make it happen, it is up to you. (laughs) It is just that simple. Stop making excuses, get out of your, instead of finding all of the reasons why you can't do something, could you please focus on why you can and how you can? Yeah, it has so much to do. Be pragmatic about it. Yeah. If you're starting your art career today, what would you do differently? (sighs) I don't know if I would do anything differently. I like that. I don't know if I would do anything differently because I, you know, we're on these paths for a reason. You know, if you look at the post I did today on, you know, if you're looking to gain a following on Instagram, I mean, it's really to the nitty gritty and I'm to the point and I'm not mincing my words, really. Uh, It's not about growing a following. It's about growing a community of people who believe in you and your art. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't happen with fairy dust. And I really think even as you're, you're growing a community on social media, that uh, you're where you're meant to be. For whatever reason, that is exactly where you are meant to be. So get comfortable with where you are, but that doesn't mean that you can't want more and work towards more, Right. right. And work towards that place that you dream of being in, but know that you're exactly where you're meant to be. Yeah. I like the, it sounds, um, it sounds out there, but it's pretty true. You know, the universe really does unfold as it should. Like 
we subscribe to the Big Bang, you know, yeah, which, uh, sounds too abstract, but whatever. It, basically, if, if things have gone in, in one direction over time, yeah. Yeah. then it is it is what it is. It is where it is. It's it's how it is. It wouldn't have gone any other way if things started off the same. Um, yeah, he's got to figure out you know where your pieces are on the board, what the best moves are moving forward, and then just focus on it and kick yeah, ass. I would. I'd add also like be willing, not even be willing, but know again, know that you're going to have to pivot on different things. You're going to have to pivot and be in tune, get in tune with yourself, you know, get in tune with your intuition, Mm -hmm. you know, to your gut and the universe and how things are guiding you, you know, things are coming to you for a reason. What, what practice could they do? I mean, meditating is obviously, you know, focusing oh, well, on the breath gotta, and like, relaxing. I tell you, I never thought I would be a meditator. <laughs> if that's really? what it's even called. Would you consider yourself type A? My... No, I'm not type A at all. I am okay. not type A. Mm-mm. No, just not. any. I just didn't foresee myself meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, not a type A, though. Not a type A. Right. Um, but I am. And that was part of the healing that I did for my physical well-being to reduce mm-hmm. stress because the autoimmune disease uh, is affected greatly by stress. And likely that was what sent me into the first um, mm-hmm. flare. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started meditating. I started meditating three, three years ago on a daily basis every morning before I get up. And then I added, uh, I went into a second flare or worst part of the first flare, I guess. I don't know how you would even determine that. And I added meditation to the end of my day before bed. And I, it's just transformational. And if you don't know how to meditate, I didn't know how to meditate. I didn't know how to quiet my mind. I literally started with, I think, headspace with like the free oh, yeah. headspace for like seven days where he kind of talks you or she there's I think there's different people you can listen to talks you through like how to meditate and then by the time I was done with the free trial I'm like I think I, I, think I got this and I just looked up different things on YouTube and yeah meditation is an art form honestly because uh it has so much transformation your yeah your breath is so associated with mm-hmm. your heart rate and your heart rate Change, you, know, you have totally. a circadian you have your um what is it called yep, your, your circadian your rhythm, rhythm yeah yeah and uh that changes how your the wavelengths in your mind and inflammation you like in chat, your body yeah it's pretty yeah. crazy and you gotta yeah it's just like anything else like you know everybody says to meditate it's like well, i don't really know how it's like well then just get out there and try it all get on youtube figure it out like yeah, yeah and there's learn. different types of meditation exactly yeah um but yeah, yeah i've started to meditate yeah, I've started to meditate too since I've been trying to get this company off the ground. And I'm also yeah. working for another startup. So it could get pretty stressful. I'm like literally on the phone all day. And it's oh, a lot. Yeah, getting, I enjoy talking. So that helps. Yeah. But still, it just but gets that overwhelming. zaps your energy because I'm a talker too. But I also need uh, the time when I'm not mm-hmm. to be able to really recharge uh, my energy. That's what it is. It's really a recharge. I feel like meditating is a good way to just. It's like a vacation for your mind. Yeah. Right. And your body. Yeah. 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 It's like a vacation for your mind. Just release every tension from all the muscles. Everything. It's been been great. So. And I think it's super helpful in the manifestation process. Yeah. It's it's a great time. Yeah. My personal practice is 
start off with the breath, really focus on the breath, just get the oxygen mm -hmm. in, get the carbon dioxide out and kind of change mm -hmm. my pH levels. And then as I get more calm, just focus on a calm brain, try to be like, Hey, I'm the one thing that trips me out is I'm in the youngest body I will ever experience right now. Yes, it is. And so I just, so gotta, I. I just kind of, I just got to soak in that. Just be like, hey, I love being, <laughs> I love being young. I'm 27 and a half. Guess what? <laughs> this is great. I'm 55 and a half. I'm even more than that. And I'm in the youngest body that I'm going to have. Yeah. Oh, you're like double my age, right? Yeah. I think we're right up to 50% mark. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful better. perspective. It, yeah. It just gets better. It just gets better. Yeah. It just so. gets better. It all gets it get better. better. <laughs> I mean, awesome. here's the thing. Um, you get older if, if you're lucky, right? right. Uh, and every day truly is a gift. That's and a then, great perspective. Actually, you get older if really? you're lucky. Cause I'm kind of like, oh, I broke my collarbone back in December and that oh, got yeah. me into my mindset of like, Oh boy, I'm not as young. I can't take impacts. I was skiing like an idiot hit the ground, like way too hard, just shattered yeah. it. But you know, That's obviously awful. I got to grow up a little bit in that regard, but then it kind of made me realize, Oh, my body's getting old too. And, but I like that. Like, it is a blessing to get older because that means that nothing bad. Well, it, it is a blessing. And really like in your head, you're only as old, you know, as you right. feel in your head. Right. I mean, yes, your body starts to do, you know, I'm different so things stuck. or just, you yeah. just feel things differently, but mm -hmm. there's your good lesson in, um, and especially when it comes to healing, we do not value rest the way that we should in this society. And mm -hmm. I burned the candles at both ends. I'm a late night girl. I'm a party girl. I mm -hmm. don't party as much as I used to. I do, but just in a different way. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm still like the life of the party. I just do it in a different way. Uh, I want to party that doesn't, <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't, you know, uh, take me out at the knees the next day. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I mean, we are lucky if we're getting older. We, we, you know, each day is a gift. And that's why I would say that we get right back to, you know, living in the present. And that's why just focus on if you're growing a creative business or any kind of business, or even if you're just exploring your art practice, just number one, allow yourself to explore. Number two, just take the next step. Don't worry if it's perfect, because if you focus, if you focus on things being perfect, you will never do anything. You won't get anything out. It's better to get it out than perfect. You can talk to any entrepreneur, any gazillionaire entrepreneur, and they're going to tell you, you know, they've probably had 60 different businesses and 30 of them have failed. Right. Plenty of stories like that, because that's how we learn. And we just continue to grow and pivot and grow and pivot. Next yeah, step. This, so if the listeners want to take the next step and learn more about you, where can they find out more information? Yeah, they can find more information on my website, PamelaBates.com. They I'm on Instagram every day. Those are my yes, two are. spots. I'm on Instagram every day. Very responsive. Uh, because that's that's where I'm growing right. uh, as a as a business. Like I said, it's a free platform, uh, which I appreciate. And it's brought Honestly, you know, people have so many bad things to say about Instagram and it can be stressful. But again, you're in the driver's seat. If it's you're the one choosing out, the accounts. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Then you have to find a new way to use it or yeah. get off it. I love uh, Instagram. I love it. I have met uh, 
the most incredible people, the most incredible people, like yeah. fellow artists, yeah. uh, collectors, the people who support me. Mm-hmm. And maybe they have never collected a painting, but have shared my work, uh, commented on a post, reached out to me in DMs like you did. You know, mm-hmm. you did a blind reach out. We didn't yeah. know each other. Not at all. Um, and that's another thing, like be willing to ask for what you want and it's okay if somebody says no, because then you're right where you were. And I learned that lesson yes. when I was, yeah, that when I was in um, a job that I had with the local chamber of commerce, it was probably like, I don't know, maybe my third job out of college. Uh, and I was doing fundraising for them. And on um, one of my first days, my boss had sent me I was supposed to be getting people on board for this retail program that we had going. And I came back and, and she said, Mario said, yes, you you got Mario on board for this. And I said, yeah. She goes, How'd you do that? I said, I asked, yep. Yep. <laughs> but I had no preconceived ideas about what Mario was going to say to me. I didn't have a history with him, Right. but you have to be willing to ask for what you want. And you have to know that, if you get a no, you go on to the next person. It's just a no for now, too, especially coming as a salesperson. Oh, it's like you oh, can't you catch no people that yeah, you catch Absolutely. people that might not have gotten enough sleep or yep. their kids sick and they just don't give a damn. Or it's what a you bad day, say. or yeah. it's just not what doesn't work again, for them right now, and that's exactly. okay. And you hit them up again and it's all good. But I will also add sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes people say yes and they don't act on it right away. You hit them up again. And then yeah. they're, they're just different and you're like, okay, but yeah. And I sent out like 75, I have already a few episodes, you know, and pretty good ones, I would say. Yeah. And uh, I sent out about 75 to 80 messages on, on Instagram and I only heard back from like five people. So wow, it definitely wow. takes a little so bit. So that of, just uh, tells time. you they're the odds, right? Mm-hmm. 75 to five. Yeah. For now, eventually it'll be 80 for 80. Absolutely. 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 Well, it's been a joy to have you on. Uh, once well, again, thank you so much for to, asking me. I, I really appreciate it's it. It's been a great conversation. If anybody oh. wants to find you, they can find you on Instagram at Pamela J. Bates. Oh, yeah. Pamela J. Website. Bates. Yeah. Pamela J. Bates on Instagram at Pamela J. Bates on Instagram and Pamela Bates dot com oh. for my website. Hello oh. at Pamela Bates. If you dot com, if you want to shoot me an email, but you can almost always find me on Instagram. Awesome. Daily. Cool.